Enhancing equity and inclusion is a priority for the Oregon Department of Human Services. Director Fairbors Paksaresh digs into a discussion on equity with Lamont Boyd from the Office of Equity and Multicultural Services. Lamont is the department's service equity transformation manager, and he's here to explain the different levers and mechanisms we're using to get us closer to equity in all we do. Thank you, Lamont, for joining me today to talk about advancing the work of equity in the department. Lamont, this work that you and your team have um, taken on is pretty exciting and the promises that um, it holds. Um, can you help us understand how this plan can ultimately be um, developed and implemented? What does it look like um, in practice? Sure. And what can the various programs within DHS experience as you're implementing this? Sure. So each each program has a service equity manager that will begin to uh, engage with uh, the leadership, uh, with the workforce around the programmatic assessment. And what that programmatic assessment will look at is how are we delivering services to the community? How are we engaging with our workforce? So. We're going to go out and gather uh, a qualitative and quantitative data. Uh, there may be focus groups that uh, we uh, lead uh, within program. Uh, we're going to be looking at resourcing. What programs are really putting together some funding in order to move diversity, equity, inclusion training toward uh, their workforce, right, so that they can begin to get educated on this topic of service equity. We're going to be looking at how are we engaging community? What communities are showing up to engage with us? What communities are not showing up? What's the relationship like between our programs and community? And through that, there will be a uh, recommendations that will go out to directors to say, here's what we found in your programmatic assessment. Here are some recommendations that we have. We'd love to support you in moving the dial and addressing these disparities. Now, that can happen when you talk about implementation. That can happen on a number of different ways. It could be that our team curates a SharePoint page with lots of resources around oppression or service, service equity or racism or uh, whatever it might be. We want to make sure that programs have a uh, tailored approach to how they address the disparities in their program. We want to make sure that people understand what's missing so that we can help develop what we're calling an equity council. So we bring a, gr a group of folks together to really help address disparities, groups of people that maybe they have policy experience, maybe they have experience with writing um, certain procedure manuals, or maybe they have field experience as a district manager or a program manager, and they understand practice really well. Um, the goal is to really get a group of folks together to really talk about what are we seeing and how do we move the dial. Thank you, that's helpful. So as we look forward um, and as we begin uh, the planning and implementation mm -hmm. of this initiative, um, just imagining the future, if, if and when, um, not if, but when yeah. we're successful with this initiative, yeah. How would, whether it's a community or an individual, um, experience their interaction with DHS differently than they are today? That is a great question. Uh, you know, I imagine 
that someone who would come to the front door of a DHS office would feel seen. And what I mean by that is that when they come through that front door, they are seen as the whole person. They're not just seen as a, as a client coming to receive services, but somebody is able to sit down with them and talk to them about what their needs are. Somebody is able to understand just from a conversation what level of historic trauma they might have gone through that brought them through that front door. My hope and my wish is that when that person has that level of engagement, that they can leave and feel as though they were truly served and seen as a whole person. Because I think for far too long, people have an experience where they're seen as a number and they're seen as someone who's just coming to get, you know, TANF or whatever it might be, and they leave and they're not fulfilled. My hope and my wish is that we begin, not just for uh, Oregonians, but for our workforce as well, that we are all seen as human beings and that we're all um, seen for the gifts that we have. Because that's really what's going to help us to be able to empower people to be the best that they can be, both in our workforce and within the communities that we work with. It's about empowerment. It's about letting folks understand and helping folks to understand that we are here um, to support them and to support their whole self. So thank you for that. How can we support the staff who are already doing some great work on that front and build on that so that basically acknowledgement that some of that is happening in DHS today, but we want to actually adopt that as a practice for everyone. You know, I think it comes down to acknowledgement, right? I think we have, when you talk about developing champions, which is one of our service equity frameworks, right? Um, I think it comes down to acknowledging that these people are doing great work. And, you know, for me, I really believe that everyone is always sort of looking for a feeling of significance. Some of us can find it within ourselves, but some of us are looking for that from other folks. Some of us are looking for that affirmation that you're doing a good job. And so it goes back to those of us that are in positions of leadership, looking and understanding who we are working with and acknowledging that they're doing this great work and encouraging them to continue because that then will, will, will sort of permeate throughout the environment to move that work forward. Thank you. I also know that the plans that you're putting in place and ultimately how you would roll this out is a direct result of the feedback that you have been getting from communities. Right. And I think that is so critical and important. And I just want you to talk a bit about that because from my perspective, DHS may be doing a great job serving communities, yeah. uh, diverse communities. Right. Um, but if they don't perhaps feel that in every interaction and every instance, we need to know about that. So I just would like you to talk briefly about how you've engaged local communities to get that feedback and incorporate that in your planning process. Sure. Earlier this year, uh, we had an opportunity to develop a, a forum with African-American community leaders. And we came together and we talked about how the community experiences DHS. and. Um, I've had some conversations with friends of mine as well that have uh, seen how state agencies work and 
ultimately the feedback is that there hasn't been a relationship and there has to be um, sort of reconciliation that takes place. And, and part of that reconciliation is doing exactly what you've done as a leader, which is to say, I want to hear from you. And that goes a long way. And I, I think that for communities of color, interacting with state government or city government or systems and structures that are unfortunately sometimes can be oppressive, there's a level of apprehension there. There's a level of uh, distrust or mistrust. And I think as an agency, we need to begin to tell the truth about what that trauma looks like. And we've done that. We're doing that. And, and with our ability to go in and say, let's look at what we're doing with community. Let's look at how do we improve it. Let's look at who's shown up and who's not showing up. Then we can develop the outreach. Then we can develop some plans around how do we repair or build that relationship in a way that will help move the dial on what we need to do. Because I think when we talk about a humanistic approach to this work, trust has to be built in that. You can't trust that somebody's going to treat you as a human being if you haven't developed that relationship. And so one of, again, one of our, our, uh, our service equity frameworks really is about developing healthy relationships. And that's really important to do in this work. And, you know, that's partly why we talk about equity and service equity together, because yeah. if that trust is not present internally, then it cannot be extended outside of this organization. Yeah. So I'm going to ask another question, which okay. is kind of a bit different from this line of questioning. And that sure. is, you know, when we talk about racism yeah. or institutional racism or oppression. Yeah. These are phrases that may not be familiar to many people. Right. They may be threatened by it. And let's just use the word we. We yeah. may be threatened by it. We may be offended by it. Mm -hmm. And we may get in a very uncomfortable space that we don't want to hear it or discuss it. Um, how can we collectively get to a point where we begin to understand what do these things mean? And because they have true meaning for certain people who interact with us, for certain people who work within this organization, as much right. as I would love to deny it as a director of this organization, I know it's here, I yeah. know it's present. Um, what are some of your perspectives about how can we create that environment that we can talk about these concepts in a way that allows us to, le uh, to learn through yeah. a lens of curiosity rather than fear, uh, through a lens of uh, collaboration versus conflict? You know, it's a great question. One of the things that, that I um, truly believe is that we are all on a journey. And at the end of the day, talking about racism is hard. Talking about structural and systemic oppression is hard. And I, as someone who does this work, have to acknowledge that for someone who I'm talking to who may not be as far along in their journey as me, even someone who, who um, is extremely uncomfortable or upset and they don't want to talk about it, that's okay. We have to give them the ability to understand that it's okay for them if they're not ready to talk about it. 
they don't have to uh, believe what I believe. They don't even have to talk about it if they don't want to, if they're not comfortable. But what we have to do is create space and environment for the conversation to happen. And I've seen in my time um, with this agency that if you create the space, people will come. Mm -hmm. As long as you're creating the space, people will come. I think back to years ago as a, as a, um, a caseworker, um, we did, uh, as part of the Black Employee Support Team, we did a, a, an event, and it was called Voices of the Past. And what we did is we said, okay, let's bring elders from our community. My dad came. And we said, let's bring elders, and let's just have them talk about the experience of growing up in the 60s during the Civil Rights Movement. Let's create this space, and let's invite caseworkers to come and listen. And it was, an, it was a phenomenal event. And what we found was is that there were people in there who just wanted to peek in and see what it was all about. And then they stayed and they listened and they asked questions. And my dad at the time was in his late 60s. And he was very blunt, and he's not with us anymore, but he was very blunt about what he experienced. And that's what I mean by we're all on a journey. And we have to begin, if it's possible, to create space for that type of real, authentic dialogue. And those folks that have some fragility, that's okay. They're on their journey. The last thing that I believe, Fairboards, is that we don't wanna we don't wanna shame and blame people. That's not what this work is about. It's not about shaming people or making people feel bad because they uh, maybe they're they're white or they belong to the dominant culture or they're not as far along as others. It's not about that. It's about we all come to work every day in this agency to provide support for citizens of Oregon. We work with people that may not share our race or ethnicity, but we can learn from one another. And if we begin to talk, I'm willing to bet that we have more things in common than we do that separates us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you how do you get to that point? I think we'll get there. And I think you've already identified through the work that you're all doing in OEMS yeah. about how we get to that work because I've seen the posters lately about equity it's is love. love. That's right. So love cannot be about shame. It cannot be about blame. Yep. It cannot about, be about putting people down. So that's what it is. That's the ingredient that can get us to that open space. That's right. To that inviting space to sit together and have these conversations because ultimately storytelling Mm-hmm. is what connects us together. And that's, that's right. what our elders used to do. And that's how, you know, my grandparents connected with me about right. storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do more of that in DHS. We do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You can find links to more information about equity and efforts to advance it in the department wherever you get this podcast. Or go to the OEMS intranet site on the OWL to learn more. We'd like to hear from you. Email your feedback and ideas to the DHS Director's Office at dhs.directorsoffice at state.or.us. We want to thank our publications and creative services team for their technical support and encourage you to subscribe to future episodes wherever you get your podcasts.